back here. All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us once again for another installment of Christian Philosophy. Now, we are on lesson 12 tonight. Lesson 12. Now, it's going to be a little different because we, in, in this part of the study guide, what um, Andrew does here is provide, he does provide a lot of statistics here and um, some, some facts about the lifestyle of homosexuality. Now, we know that we are not here to, to bash or to bring condemnation. None of that is our agenda. Right. But what we won't do either is sugarcoat or not be true to the realities that are present. And what I want us to do is because I'm, I'm going to read from the study guide tonight. But what I want us to do is to continue to think about, you know, what is considered normal in our culture today and. What is our, our stance, our standard as believers? What is our normal? Okay. All right. So just looking at a couple of things here. Now, it says the gay lobby tries to present homosexuality as a completely normal lifestyle. They want you to believe that homosexuals are just like everybody else. Aside from their choice in sexual partners, but homosexual homosexuality is not normal. Now I'm gonna pause here. Now, just that first paragraph alone will trigger a lot of folks. Okay, it will trigger a lot of folks. Now, let me put this out there. Let me ask this question: If an individual is living a homosexual lifestyle, does God love them less? No, no. Absolutely no, not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Right. So there's not a special role for those living the homosexual lifestyle versus those who gossip or lie or steal. It's all sin, right? Okay. All right. Now, what I want us to think about is when we talk about the lifestyle, why is it so destructive or pervasive? I'm going to just throw that question out there before I do any more reading, because we're going to get into some statistics in a little bit. I think, kind of a note where you're saying, like, the, the, the lifestyle, I think, because I was asked about this recently, is... I think our society as a whole, anyway, getting away from God, God and ideas, it's kind of became more surfacey. So everybody thinks like with transgender, you know, like changing sex, that, oh, all you have to do is just change your body parts and your chemistry and you're automatically a guy or a girl, you know, you get changed around. And I think, you know, it kind of ties in with what we're saying with homosexuality is, you know, our chemistries are different. It's not just our, you know, different body parts, of course, we know, you know, the birds and the bees and all that, but you know, I think also if you go deeper, like even not just like, well, can't come really come together in a sexual like way, you know, as a marriage and stuff, you know, to like, you know, same sex as can't. I think also just, you know, like emotionally and, and spiritually, it's it's two charges, the same, you know, like magnet, you know, it's 
opposites. It's not godly, you know, it's not meant to be, so therefore it causes harm, or it just, it's not meant to be, it's not God's plan, you know. That's I was, I was just thinking that reason. But I think it destroys the destruction of the family. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it's cool. You know, and it's the family, family with God, you know, he made it very specific, you know, male, female. And so when you start getting male, male, female, it destroys the structure. It's a distortion. Oh, yeah. 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 It twists it. Yeah. And everything God tells us not to do is for our own, our own protection. Right. Yeah. Isn't and that what the enemy When does? he says that men will leave the natural use of the women, and, and then it says they will, they will receive in themselves the recompense of what they're doing. So, like, that's why the, they don't live as long. Their suicide rate's higher. Right. There's all kinds of stuff that, and I think most of it is uh, their conscience, their own conscience is bothering them. They can say it's normal all they want, but their conscience bothers them. Something's missing, I think, gravely, and it doesn't mm -hmm. appear to be because, you know, you know, that, so, but yeah, I mean, you raise a kid up too. They're supposed to have a mom and a dad. I mean, I'm a single parent situation. My mom tried the best she could, but I don't know. Having a daddy around like it was supposed to be, it was definitely missed. I know a lot of us can relate to that. And I go, I was, I think I was saying that recently, right? Being raised with like two moms or two dads would be like something missing. You know, you need either the feminine, you know, side or the masculine, you know, mm -hmm. to God knows what he's doing. Yeah, we same. We, go ahead. I'll let you go. Go ahead and finish what you're saying. That's good. No, I was saying, you know, we were the male, you know, the father has a unique. Yeah. We're wired different, yeah. and we bring different things to the table mm -hmm. to help, you know, the the daughter, the son, to see different, you know, we both bring different things to the table, and God knew what he was doing when he, when he made man, he wired him this way, he made woman, he wired this way, and so forth. When those two are working in unison, working together, mm -hmm. then you see a very structured, very uh, healthy relationship in the marriage and the kids grow up to be functional adults. But when you do that, when you take away from that, twist it and it says male, male, female, then that gets all messed up. Okay. The other thing that, that um, I think really is important to remember too is the relationship of a husband and wife, that's, that is the highest picture we have of Christ in the church. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And so when we're saying, you know, a male and a male, it, it totally wipes out that, that um, glory that God has given and that testimony that God's given of how, you know, a, a holy supreme God can love this fallen creation, give himself completely to that creation and redeem them. And, and bring them into this intimate love relationship. I mean, it, it's destroying something really sacred. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's go to Genesis 1. <clears throat> Genesis 1. And I'm going to start at verse 26. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. And I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry 
along the ground. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back 26, 27, 28. I'm sorry because I I, I jumped 28. <laughs> All right. Verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our, our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and <clears throat> the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. 28. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the sea, over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the enemies that scurry along the ground. Now, I skipped to verse 28 because I, this is where I'm, I'm looking at. Because the original intent, God's will, is for us to be fruitful and multiply. The issue with homosexual relationship is there's no multiplication in that. Yeah. You take two individuals of the same sex, same gender, you put them together, they have a relationship, but it doesn't, it, it can't bear any fruit, any lineage. Because yeah. once both partners die, that's the end. There's no continuation. Yeah. But when a man and a woman, a seed and the womb come together, what does it produce? Fruit. Yeah. Kids. Fruit. All right. It's interesting because I remember I stumbled across this um, girl who, you know, she was gay and she said, she ended up getting saved. Yeah. But. And she said when she got saved, she still was in that same-sex relationship. But then mm -hmm. she found she said something still wasn't right. Because she stayed in that relationship. After she got saved, she stayed in it for a year. Mm -hmm. And she even said, God, something ain't right. And she said God showed her the vision. So he showed her a couple. And then Andre had a line, had kids. Andre. And then he showed her... A uh, couple with the same sex, and mm -hmm. was black. And he says, he told her, he says, if you stay in this relationship, I can't bring a generation through you that I want that I want to bless. In this relationship, I can't. This one, I won't. I can't do it. I Man. love that how God came to her like yeah. that. It wasn't like. He didn't nasty condemn her. harlot and mm -hmm. that's gross what you're doing. It's like, hey, I can't. Yeah, he this isn't her. my plan for and you. And then she said, God told her that she said, I'm gonna love you either way. Oh my God. But wow. this is what I want you to do. This wow. is what I have ordained to do. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That is so awesome. But she said then she got out of that. Totally transplant. Because she showed a picture of her. She looked like a guy. Mm -hmm. And now she's back looking like a girl. She said she wants to be married, have kids. I was, I was watching Cops, you know, the show on TV. And they asked the one cop about the lesbians on the force. 
And he said, oh, I'd rather have a lesbian for a partner than anybody. And they said, why? And said, they said, their body changes. They start getting upper body strength. And he said, they're, they're stronger than a natural woman. And I, I had never thought about that before. But sometimes when you look at somebody that's been in a lesbian relationship for a long time, I mean, they, they strut like a man. They walk like a man. You know, it's just different. It's when Eric made the point, right, about the vision that the, the that God showed her, right? Love, God's love is not what's in question, mm -mm. right? Because God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, right. right? That whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. While we were yet sinners, right. Christ died for us. So God's love isn't what's, in, what's the question here. But mm -hmm. the question is really, do you want God's best? Right. He wants what's best for you and me. But at the end of the day, what do we want? Do we agree with him? Mm -hmm. And what the culture is saying is, hey, we have an alternative. This is okay. But it's not God's best. God's best is what's described right here, what we just read. I used to think too about, and this is the very exact like subject I had asked God about in the past couple of years and the real questions and stuff to him and I, or, that I did. And I go, I had wondered about, you know, I said, okay, God, you know, I was learning through Andrew, learning through praying and stuff like mom and I would talk about different things and we're learning, we're both learning anyways. I was like, Okay, God, you know, like Andrew talks about, God loves you no matter what. No sin is greater than the other. I'm like, God, I go, why are some sins in like the Old Testament considered abominations and some aren't? And then I got to thinking about it. I said, if you have a child and you tell your children don't do a certain amount of things, of course, all of it is to protect them. You don't want them to touch the stove or burn their hand. You don't want them to run out in the street. It'll, they can run over by a car. But I go, you know, some things you may tell your children like, uh, I want you to wash your hands before dinner and germs or something. And that's, you know, hey, you need to wash your hands. But you're going to yell at them. You might even spank them to get them not to run out the street. And I thought, why? It, it's a shout more of a heavier, like, punishment. That It's because we're back in the Old Testament before Jesus took care of it. It's because God was trying to highlight, I believe, and this is my personal, this is just me, you know, thinking it, that he was trying to highlight this can cause worse consequences on your life. Like, you know, fornication, you know, a man and a woman being together, yeah, that causes consequences. There's no covenant, and there leaves a door open. But however, when you're having two people of same sex come together, that's causing greater consequences on the person or people. And I go, that's what God meant. I mean, really believe that's what he meant when it's like, this is an abomination. It's like a parent going, hey, you need to wash your hands before dinner, Johnny. Don't you go out in that street. Why? They could maybe get sick not washing their hands or cause germs and stuff. But no, they could like get around by a car and die if they were out in the street. And that's what God, I think, was trying to you know highlight to us. That's good. That's good. Because all sin is sin, right? Yeah. You know, the, you know, God's standard of holiness is, is perfection. So there's no. Big, big, big S sin, little S sin in reference to his standard. However, there, there is a, if you look at that, just the way Julia explained it, there are certain things that have a greater amount of collateral damage mm. to people. And that, that's what we're getting into. 
And what I'm looking for, I want to go to that scripture in Proverbs where the abominations are listed. And we're going to look at that. Let me see. Proverbs 6, starting at verse 16. All right. All right. There are six things the Lord hates, no seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. All right, let me pause here. Haughty eyes. Now, in the King James, it says a proud look. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says a proud look, the attitude that makes one overestimate oneself and discount others. Mm. Okay. And a lying tongue. Now, looking at the, these two, why why is that such a big deal? Well, think about it. A lying tongue. Well, the devil's the father of lies, so if you lie, you're like your father, the devil. Right. Isn't that how how sin entered into man's mm -hmm. in, in mankind anyway through a lie? Mm -hmm. Right. So the destruction that that lies can cause just is is self evident. Right. Lying tongue. All right. But a proud look, though. That's something deep inside. It's, it's not the look. The look is a result of something inside of you that you're superior to other something or, or you're above something, and then you have that look because of it, I think. Hmm. Well, that was the enemy succumbed to that. Yeah. I was listening to Andrew Womack last night, one of his older teachings, but a good one that God's kind of loved to you. And he was taught that on one of the teachings. I just felt led to you know, go back to the basics recently and... Um, it was one of the parts he was talking about is the only people that Jesus really, you know, usually got really heavy, like, you know, he kind of got harsh with was the religious Pharisees. And he was talking about pride being the greatest sin and stuff. And like, you know, like mm -hmm. a proud look. I thought, would well, you think you're better than everybody else? That look is just a symptom that the, the, the problem's deeper inside. You're, oh, yeah, definitely. I, I agree. The one, and I'm going to read it and amplify it again, it's a, pr a proud look. The attitude that makes one overestimate oneself and discount others. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So we we talking about partiality. I'm not like that. Discrimination. Mm -hmm. Bigotry, racism, mm -hmm. all that falls into I'm that better. category. Yeah. 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 I right. sin that way. <laughs> all right. So you you can see how what type of what type of train of foul behavior, sin that this can lead to. Just look at Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking of right now. Mm -hmm. That's what caused that. 
Yeah, and think about the racial history of this country. Yeah. All of this stuff that this this right here. Uh, I better than you, that, yeah. Uh, and we just got through two. Mm-hmm. Hands and shit. And also go ahead. I I was just thinking about the pride look, the proud look. Um they don't I forget where it is, Peter maybe. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So it's like God gave his, the life of his son for fellowship with man. And then he's put in a position where he has to resist himself from engaging in that fellowship that the Lord has, you know, paid for with his life. So, you know, that's a pretty hateful thing, I guess, to, you know, fall under that, those six things. Well, and almost the people that are the last couple of weeks with the murders, it's like there ha- there's like a certain amount of like pride. I'm going to go solve this problem myself. Shoot people. It's like they, they, they're something, you know, they've got a problem. You know, they're offended. They're this, they're that. But I'm going to go f- solve it. I'm going to go solve whatever this is. It's, you know... I don't know if that's the right terminology. Solve the problem, but you know, I'm gonna go fix this and kill people. That's what I'm gonna do. So that to me is like a type of pride. I think people that do that, I think they've been thinking about that for a long time. I don't think it happens right off the get go. I think they they it's they tossed around in their mind for years and then they see offense where there is no offense. Then they start looking to be offended and then they, they blow up and go do what they already knew they were going to do, you know, two years ago or three years ago. Yeah. Because yeah. Satan works, just works on people. You know, and he'll work on people for years to get them to do something. Yeah. And this is why, you know, when we talk about um, protecting our children, Scripture says train up a child the way he should go, mm-hmm. right? So when he grows old, will not depart. Because and you just and you think about how sensitive and pliable the heart, the brain is at that young age. And if you can introduce, if the enemy can introduce trauma in those years, then he has a stronghold that he can develop and grow in that child. Right. So, and when we talk about this issue, there's a lot of individuals that end up in the lifestyle, you know, or either either homosexuality or just uh, promiscuity in general, right? Who have been violated as children. Mm-hmm. But the enemy, what he did was sow that seed mm-hmm. as a young child. And then it just opens the door for all types of you know, emotional confusion. Yeah. Yeah, because the girl I talked to this testimony about that, she said that she remember being four. And, you know, a pretty girl walked in and she remember thinking this girl is pretty and she remember thinking, you know, regretting that she was a girl because she was a boy that she could pursue. Her. 
man, that jump, that spirit jumped on her at four years old. Mm-hmm. And that spirit, that age. Yeah. It's definitely. At four years old, she said she remembered vividly, just like that. Remember thinking that. But it jumped on her at four years old. There's a guy that I know I used to go to youth group with years ago. And um, actually a mutual friend and myself were talking about this guy in, in love, of course, you know, because he's a, a friend of mine, kind of more like a acquaintance now. He's very sweet. And he came out of the closet, so to speak, or what do you call it, like several years ago. Mm-hmm. He's in his late 20s, early 30s now, but we were like so teenagers together. And me and this other friend of his were thinking and talking about it. I go, I think we really believe, bless his heart, the reason, not the excuse, but the reason that he chose that lifestyle. It's like some emotional stuff in the background. The raising, and I mean, they raised him godly, his family, love him, good family. But I think he got teased a lot because he was more into dancing and things like that. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, there's men who dance and stuff, but there were some imbalances, I'll say it that way, in the raising, I think. And also, we noticed he went through some awkwardness, like with girls. I mean, he liked girls. Like, I really believe he did, but he got rejected a lot. And me and this friend of, you know, a mutual friend, we were talking about it. We think that might be what happened is um, he, you know, he got so dissed by girls and stuff. And then, you know, Satan's like, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, so many people, so many stories of that. And even though the upbringing, you know, Rejection. Like I, said, I haven't been in a homosexual lifestyle, but I have been in areas where, Joel, you know better. You were raised that way. And this boy, I know he's heard, is like, you know better. Your parents raised you in a godly environment. It's like, you know, behind the doors, you know what this boy was thinking, and I go, I just pray for him, and I'm like, you know, I really think there's some hurt and stuff, you know, like I said, not to excuse it, but to say, what's going on, you know, I'm right. sorry, you know. Right. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's keep reading here. Yeah. The next one is hands that kill innocent blood. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. A heart that plots evil. Well, let me just jump back. Hands that kill. <laughs> now, why? What, why is that an abomination? Just think about it. Innocent blood. Yeah. We talking about the discontinuation of, of bloodlines, and that's the antithesis of fruitfulness and multiplication. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. Okay. Heart that plots evil. That's the school shooters right there. Mm. Some guys doing a mass killing. Mm. Yeah. Because when you talk about a fence, right, and how it can build, it's like a house. You know, we use that word stronghold. Mm-hmm. Right. So stronghold is it's a fortress. Right. So I can have a I can have a hurt that is not healed, but what? But protected and built upon. So if I have a, a wound, a offense that isn't cleansed, healed, what's the what's the opposite result? It's going to fester and grow, right? Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you've been, there's a certain person or people group that has offended you, 
then that that opens up the door for the development of a stronghold. And just like Gene said, you know, you can get to that point where you that 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 rage and vengeance can be your can turn into your very purpose in life. I was gonna say that so it makes people tick and it makes them thrive. That's why they get up every day to feel the hatred and the yeah. anger. I used to know people and I used to say they're not happy unless they're unhappy. Mm -hmm. They needed something to be railing against mm -hmm. to, to feel good. You know, they're always angry at something and it's just constant 24 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just, there's so much wrong with that. Right. And I can, I don't even have to go to the scriptures. I mean, medically. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can, you can, you can just, you can show that this is not good. To have that that level of hatred and and hurt in your heart because it's going to increase your cortisol levels and and and, and will literally eat up your body and you know and where, where do you think cancer these you know cancers mm -hmm. can develop mm -hmm. all of that stuff you know is it, it, it's related to stress and all of that unforgiveness that stuff. It can it can do tremendous havoc in your body. Yeah, they say even like psoriasis. I think I've heard it's like linked with like unforgiveness and bitterness and things. And it's yeah, it's not good. And I have struggled with psoriasis, and it's I know. I mean, you know, I can see the commercials like the medicines they'll give you and stuff. And I'm like, work on your heart. Trust me, that is much better than having to mess with your immune system. <laughs> yeah. And society's changed so much. And when I was a kid, which is a long time ago, but we used to go hunting after school, and we'd meet at this place called the Train Bridge, and there was 15 or 20 of us. We all had shotguns, and we were going out in this meadow to hunt. And if there was an argument, they'd lay their guns down and have a fist fight. Nobody would ever imagine shooting each other. I mean, it never got into anybody's mind, and we were all 15, 16-year-old kids. And uh, today, that's the first thing they think about. Someone's like, you stole my girl. It's hurting somebody. Let's, let's, let's have it out. Yeah, I, I saw a guy that was in prison for life, and they said, why are you here? He said, I killed a guy. And they said, why? And they said, he dissed me. Okay. He disrespected me, so he killed him. So he's in prison for life. And you, you, you want to say, wait a minute. Society's just so different. I don't use no fist no more. Uh-uh. Mm -hmm. I used to go home, carry, put a gun over my shoulder, put hip boots on, walk through the town. This is in New Jersey, back to the meadow, and there'd be fifteen or other, twenty other kids that walk through town with a shotgun over their shoulder and hip boots, going back to the meadows. There'd be people on their front porches and stuff waving at you, saying hello. No one ever used a gun to hurt somebody with. I mean, it's just it, it just never entered anybody's mind. Mm -hmm. And then, okay. I'm not going to make a political statement here, but I just will speak on that. And when you talk about culture and society, right, how things change. If guns were the problem, they would have shot each other up. Oh, yeah. 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 You got to remember behind every shooting, there's an angry, an angry person. Because right. it, 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 it needs more focus on the person that's behind put the trigger. Now, obviously, now gun control is an important, absolutely. Because you you know as as a as a society you have to put in checks and balances yeah. to keep, to keep the individuals who will yeah. do harm they need to to, to make it yeah. as difficult as possible 
they need to have a system to red flag people. Right. I, most of these people that do this stuff, they've been in trouble since they were 10 or 11 years old. Oh, yeah. But that's, you know, but that's not, that's just a superficial surface issue. Yeah. Right. But the real issue is what's the going heart. on in the heart of the person that's pulling right. trigger. Right. Yeah. But see, you know, government can't control that. No. That's, that's households and that's the church. Mm-hmm. Well, that guy that got stabbed to death in San Francisco got stabbed with a knife. Mm-hmm. So, and then other people got mowed down with the car. So, yeah, if you go over to the UK, then all the kills yeah, were on, on knife killings. Yeah, the gun control, take everybody's guns away, that's just ridiculous. It's like there should be some checks and balances. But don't pretend like, oh, you know, if we take these guns away, we'll all be safe. No. You have to ask yourself, who's going to obey a gun law? I am. Because I'm law-abiding. Exactly. The criminal's not going to say, well, I'm not going to go murder 20 people because they put a new law in the books. Exactly. He could care less. It's law-abiding people. So society, every time they take guns away from law-abiding people, society becomes more dangerous. It does. Every time. right. Okay, let's keep reading. It says, feet that race to do wrong, another abomination. Or in the King James, it says, feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness who pours out lies, and then there's another manifestation of lies. But we already talked about how dangerous that is. And a person who sows discord in the family. So we see these as detestable and abominations. Not because it's a God is like, okay, you are you are you a nasty sinner, but this person is just a mild sinner. You still we all miss no mark because sin is sin. But the impact that these have on the individual and the, and the, and the people around the individual, on society as a whole, on communities and families. That's the damage, right? Now, somebody would say, hey, homosexuality isn't any of this. All right, let's go to, let's go to Leviticus 20. Can I ask you a question though about, cause this jumped in my mind a while ago. The, okay, um, all sin is equal. But where does Ananias and Sapphira, they were, they got, they dropped dead because they lied. I really don't know that I've ever quite understood that. Oh, they lied to the Holy Spirit. Um, that's Sin is sin and it's all equal, but where does that fit in to sin? I've thought about that myself. I don't know. What they were doing is trying to make the church believe that they gave all the money from the houses to the church when really they held some back for themselves. So they were puffing themselves up, but I didn't. But they lied, but that says that they dropped dead because yeah. they lied to the Holy well, Spirit. Well, first one, and then when the other one came in and lied and to cover so, it up, so the same guy's going to carry you. Yeah, I'm, I did. There's, there's definitely a lot that we can go there, but that's going to take us yeah. that's, that's going to take yeah, us down to exactly. another, a whole other So, so I'm, I'm, kind of we'll, weird. but we're going to, um, because they're, there's things we could say about that, because but you gotta you gotta kind of sit back and then really look at different translations and, and see what's being said there. All right. Yeah, because I mean, if 
did they get, you know, was there a warning to them? You know what I mean? Like, did, did somebody warn them ahead of time? So just don't lie in general. <laughs> Can you imagine the people going in that Santa Claus? Hey, man, this is the place where those people drop there. Yeah. I don't know so, if I want to go in there or not. You know. <laughs> I better check myself real good. Well, I could have been Maybe lying might be okay. just as bad. Okay. Well, that's how death entered mankind, right? Well, yeah, Leviticus what? Leviticus. Through lies. Through, through the eight. Yeah, Leviticus 20. Verse 13. Mm -hmm. All right. It says. If a man also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. All right. Now, let's look at this last part. Now, the this is under the law, the covenant of the law, right? So this is, is written as this is before... Christ atoned for the sins of mankind, right? But if we look at the first half of this verse, we see that the, the act called an abomination, right? And we already talked about before why, right? Because if, if let's say everybody, just imaginary, right? Hypothetically, everybody that was in a heterosexual relationship just stopped and paired up with the same sex. How long would it take for mankind to cease to exist? One generation. Be over. Yeah. Right. So ultimately, it would lead to death. Mm -hmm. Right. Because a woman and a woman and a man and a man can't reproduce. Mm -hmm. So there's no continuation. Right. So you know, we don't have to get into all of the this other these other ancillary issues, but just looking at it logically, right? This is why this the lifestyle is a abomination, right? Because it goes against the original plan for men and women to be fruitful and multiply. It's a perversion of God's creation. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I'm going to read a couple of stats here on the um, from the study guide, right? All right. Now, these two these two statistics, they they come from a study from Bell, AP Bell and MS Weinberg called Homosexualities: A Study of Diversity Among Men and Women. All right, 1978 pages 308 and 309. All right, for reference. Says in the study, it says 43 percent of white male homosexuals have sex with five hundred or more partners in their lifetime. It's a lot of folks, mm -hmm. but they're all committed relationships, right? Right. Now, twenty eight percent. It says it says right here, twenty eight percent of white male homosexuals have over a thousand sex partners in their lifetime. Well, they have time to work. Right. But again, now this is coming from the study, Homosexuality is a Study of Diversity Among Men and Women. 
308 and 309, 1970, published in 1978. So if anybody wants to check it out for reference. Okay. Now, let's just say, hypothetically, in heterosexual relationship, you got a thousand sex partners. <laughs> You'd be dead. It's a lot of people. <laughs> oh, man. Right? It's a lot of people. And you think about if you if you if you realize that the set the act of intercourse is not just the exchanging of fluids, right? There's something else going on there. There's something else going on. There's a bondage, that happens. right? Yeah, you're bonded. There's you know, soul soul ties, yeah, soul ties. Because in Genesis says the two shall become one, one flesh. All right. Mm-hmm. Now just imagine now as a woman, a female, you have you you be with you sleep with fine men. Thinking about the type of DNA that has been inside your body repeatedly. Now you don't think there's going to be a repercussion for that? Right? And it's not, and again, it's not that God is saying, oh, you're bad, so I'm going to punish you more. That's not the issue. It's just a consequence of the act. That he wants to protect you from. It's like going out in the rain and not expecting to... And expecting to stay dry. All right. Some more stats. Now, he's got here. Now, if I. The percentages reporting sexual fidelity, he's talking about in relationships, right? Now, this study before I quoted, let me see, let me make sure I tell you where it's coming from. All right. All right. This is from the Washington Times, July 11th, 2003. No, 2000, yeah, 2003. Study finds gay unions are brief. Okay. All right. July 11th, 2003, Washington Times. Now, it has a diagram here. Now, for the people that are here, I'll show it to you. All right. Now, the percentages reporting sexual fidelity. Married females, it's like over 80%. Married males, over 70%. Homosexual males, <coughs> three or four? Maybe, maybe five percent, just under five percent. Five percent. Mm. All right. That's not Gene said. That's not what they say. Now, just think about the type of hurt that that can be there, right? If you are with people and you you get with somebody, you think you you know y'all got a connection, and then it just breaks off, and then you you find out that you're just a knock notch in somebody else's belt. The type of emotional turmoil that can turn into, right? Three percent, three percent. 
We're not built for that rejection. Mm-mm. We're not built for that. Mankind, we're human beings, us people, we're not built for that type of rejection. And that's going on all over the place now, and not with homosexuality, but people that live together. After three years, they break up, and the, the person that breaks up with them is the one who's, who's found somebody new. They're happy. The one they leave behind is brokenhearted. I used to work in a car dealership, and there was a lot of women there. And when I'd talk to them, they'd be boo-hooing and heartbroken. I said, what's going on? My, my boyfriend's moving out. He's found another girl. I said, how long have you been with him? Three years. And I said, and were you with another guy before that? Yeah, for two years. I said, well, you've been through two divorces already. What do you mean? I haven't been married. I said, but you've been through two divorces because you become one with both those guys. And then, then that's been ripped apart. You know, it's, God's trying to protect us from that stuff. Does anybody just not watch The Housewives and Vanderpump Rules? I don't watch it. I don't know. Well, after nine years, they cheated on her. And then the clip coming up is they're still kind of in the same house while they're getting ready to sell it. And he says, can I get you anything? And she says, for you to die. Oh. That doesn't sound like somebody who's mm-mm, mm-mm. not heartbroken. Mm-mm. Or something about, can I, something, something, and she's like, for you to die. The, the lady I used to work... hearted to me. I to, they were lived together. They I used to work, work for a lady at the beach, and she was married 35 years. And her husband was a, a surgeon, and he, ta- and he was a professor at a college. And he left her for one of the college boys. And she was, I can't tell you, this woman was destroyed. I, I ministered to her for a year. She hired me as a bodyguard. And we prayed together every day. And that this, she was shattered, this lady. Well, I'm saying this is the stuff we talked about earlier. This is what society and culture now is normal. You know, just live together. Uh, you know. When test, that breakup, when that breakup comes, that. somebody's got heart's well, going to be broken in half. Test it out and see how well we do. And then, you know, and then, you know, you, you get comfortable in it and to the point where it's like, ah, you know, they reduce it. Of course, in some cases they reduce down marriage is a piece of paper. And so, but um, once that we call your pain, this is normal. And it, it, when he do statistics and stuff like that, people don't get look at all that. They don't pay attention to stuff like that. Just the stuff like this, you got to search for it. You got to study. Yeah. James Dobson, James Dobson, Dobson wrote a book on that, and I read the book. And I'm I'm working down the Granby Street in Norfolk, and I, I went to get lunch, and I ordered lunch, and the guy that was from behind the counter had fingernail polish and earrings, and and what I had just read in his book, the statistics were. This is when they had the bathhouses in California and AIDS started coming around. They were doing autopsies on some of these guys, and they would find fecal material in their intestines from sometimes 30 different men. And he said they should never be allowed to work in pharmaceuticals or cooking. So I walk in this place, and this dude slides my plate out in front of me, and I said, how much will that be? (laughs) I paid, and I left. It scared me. Cause I saw I saw his fingernails in the way, and I thought, "Where are those fingers been? I don't want to. I don't want to eat nothing the guys touch." Yeah. I can't believe it. All right, I'm looking at another um, set of 
statistics here says the length of relationships. All right. Now, this is coming from the National Center of for Health Statistics, um, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, 2001, and the 2003-2004 Gay Lesbian Consumer Online Census. Okay. Now, this graph represents the heterosexual couples, and the gray is the homosexual couples. All right. Now you see five years, you see the, the difference. Mm -hmm. This is almost like it. 80%. And look at that 20. It's five years. Maybe 10. Now both both are decreasing, but look at the disparity mm -hmm. in the two 15 and then 20. You think of the brokenness that those guys that are. That their partner walks out on them and they're rejected. I mean, they, they go through hell. Yeah. Right. And then is it you? You're in counseling. Isn't is it true that wounded people then seem to attract the same people that will do that same thing to them? Yeah. Over and over, it just mm -hmm. becomes a repetitive process. Right. And that's just, and that that goes beyond. You know the the issue of homosexuality. There could be any type of brokenness that's in mm -hmm. here, right? Because <laughs> thieves will attract thieves, mm -hmm. gossips will attract gossips, right? So much because they they've adopted that identity. It's who they think they are. So you just keep going back to it. So we have to we have to help them to realize that God has a different identity for them. And as you can see in the chat, this obviously is a is a is a hot button issue, right? Because again, man, you know we talk about the culture and what society says versus what God says, what his, He says in His Word, mm -hmm. and there's there's a clear dividing line, mm -hmm. and there's this pressure for people to. And for the sake of love, to not be honest about what's really happening. But if you don't, if you're not honest, then, it, you know, the church body, individuals as individual believers, if we're not real with people and honest about the differences between God's way and what society says, then we're not really loving folks. Mm -hmm. We're not, you know, we're not. And that's not, it's not an easy truth, but it's reality. And again, everything that we point out here, this is not, this is not scriptures. This is just statistics. Stats, yeah. Uh, the, the best advice you can give a homosexual is save yourself heartache and grief. If you can re resist that thing, until it flees from you, you'll be you'll be much better off. You know, and the thing about it is, you know, us as believers, you know, we we just have to make sure that we're fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit on how mm -hmm. to respond to to everybody, how to speak the truth in love, really. I think last week was when um what were and the one thing I got was um. What were we talking about? I, I, I added it to 
because I was thinking it, we start off by saying, I can understand that, or I can understand something. I, I, you were empathizing with them, mm-hmm. whatever. I can't remember what it was. I said, oh, yeah, because it, it was in my heart and my mind, but I wasn't speaking it. So you can say, come from a place of understanding the person, respect and understand, but you're not going to agree. Mm-mm. But you're underst- you're just starting from a place of you're starting from a place of loving them and respect. Like I understand, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't just beat people up from the get go, <laughs> you no, know. No. And so something I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I said, yeah, that's what I'm going to add because it's in my heart and in my mind. I just don't voice it, so I'm going to start off with being understanding. And go from there, starting from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Right. But not, but, and, and then in the end, I'm representing God. Go do what you want to do. I don't control people. Uh-huh. I don't control you. I'm not going to kind of try to control you because God's not going to control you either. So just in the end, you just let it go. A lot of these people that have this lifestyle, they didn't get to a certain age and choose it. Uh, we have a distant relative. And I knew when that person was two years old that, that they were they had a homosexual spirit on. You, you could tell it was very obvious. And they, you know, a little while, six months, six months ago, a year ago, they, two years ago, they moved. He moved in with his boyfriend, and, and and I knew that was coming since he was a little kid. But I think they think that you know, love means tolerate. You know, tolerate. Now mm-hmm. listen to a conversation. Agreeing with um, or tolerating? Just, they just basically, um, well, they they mean, I think that they kind of bring those two together means, tolerate means, you know, okay, I agree with you, or I'm not going, not necessarily agree, but you know what, I'm not going to say anything about it. Oh, I mm-hmm. shouldn't. Tolerate means I don't say that it's wrong. Okay. And But that's not what love is, but then when he, I remember this conversation the guy was having, he was, he asked them okay, do y'all consider yourselves tolerant people? And he was like, Yeah. So he was like, Well, do you tolerate my stance against what y'all are doing? And they said, No. Well, then, I mean, how can you be tolerant? <laughs> you can't be tolerant because if that's your definition of. You can say, I, I, I'll tolerate it, but I don't agree with it. No, but I'm saying tolerance means that's what they're saying. Agree with it, just don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they said, the tolerate means don't say that it's wrong. Just go along right. with it. Say, well, that's that, you know, like society says, well, if that's your choice, then you do what you want. I don't go along know, with uh, nothing. And it's, it's okay because that's your choice. No, it's not right. okay. Right. We agree here. That's not okay. I think they started out with the, with the, we just want you to tolerate what we're doing. Now it's more. Now it's you have to agree with what we're doing. And now if you don't come to my wedding, you're a bigot. <laughs> well, now the transgender is. Kill people. Yeah, yeah. And they know. they made that killer a victim. Have you heard the news? I did. See, she suffered for years. That's why she did that. So she was the seventh victim of the six that were killed. Sorry, no. Now let me speak to you. Let me because now it it goes back to what we were saying, right? About trauma mm-hmm. and how it can impact you, especially at a young age. And see. I don't I don't know the specifics behind the, the young person, but you know, if 
things happened to her as a child. In that, in those moments, she was a victim. Right. Right. Well, she was but that doesn't. But that doesn't give license right. to go murder people. Right. So, but again, see, and this is where the body, us, we have to be in a position where we can respond intelligently, right, and not just be and not be guilty of that other abomination that I talked about, having a proud look. Because see, you can look at somebody that's you know in a blatant outward sin and think, okay, I'm a I'm of a superior stature because I don't do that. Yeah, you may not do that, but what, what else? You're doing something else, right? You doing something I always else. think that there, there, but by the grace of God, go I. Oh, yeah. I Absolutely. And that's the reality. Because I've been in the gutter. For all of us are in. Absolutely. If not for the grace of God. There's one that I know of, and I'm going to be really careful because I do not want this person, because they know how I feel. I have to do exactly what you said. They know I do not support the lifestyle, but I support them. One million percent because my heart knows and loves. And I did a lot of praying. I still do a lot of praying. And I love that person with every fiber. And I know this this person has been through trauma that chills me to the bone. To think if I could have, I wish I could have rescued them. If I had known they were so close. And they've left them very... I think we've all been through, 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 through some really pretty bad trauma. I mean, I kept, my father was a World War II Marine. He'd rather punch you than talk to you. So, I mean, I know what trauma's like. Yeah. And I didn't go out and kill a bunch of people oh, or no, have it yet. You know what I mean? This one's not doing that. We know it's just their lifestyle choice. It's not very good. But I tried. Of course I did. And I'm just saying, I, I've talked to God, and it's like, you. it's between God and Him. He's talking to him, and it's, if I need it, I, all I do is show 100% love. <clears throat> That's all I can do right now. I think, too, it's like we were talking about, you know, it's like you said, like, you know, it's up to us, you know, and I thought about said the discernment, like we said, you know, in the relationship, we said relationship with God, right? You know, like having God talk to you and knowing your heart and that closest to go to each person, I mean, not just homosexuality, any sin or any situation to go. God, you know what they're thinking. Like, like we're talking about with last week, like you know, with the Christian philosophy thing, mm-hmm. saying you know that um, God knows. I mean, it can be the hardest hearted looking person. They look like they are, but God knows. It's like no, pray for them. Like there's something going on, or it could be something that looks like everything has together, and it's like they may need to be corrected. God always still corrects us gently. I mean, he's he's. A, I mean, he he corrects in love. It may be firm, but it's still you know, it's his love to go like hey. This is going to kill you. You need to stop or a kick in the butt, you know, that kind of thing. Like God knows in other words what each mm-hmm. situation a person needs. So we were talking about this, that God's kind of love. It's like they get, you can say one week, the next week everybody expects you to be perfect. Or two years later, you're supposed to say, you should not be doing any of that. You should be perfect. You're taking the very Bible that you said, God loves, go to John and read about his love. Oh, you ain't got it right yet? Boom. You know, you're doing this. Like I said, going back. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of going, just let God lead. He'll tell you what you need. I heard Creflo Dollar say, "You have never been cursed out until you've been cursed out by a Pentecostal speaking tongues woman." <laughs> <laughs> so, being Christian philosophy, what Same should our response to be? Um, Amy <clears throat> Grant gets uh, online and talk, and she she 
had a um she hosted a gay a wedding, gay wedding yeah. a lesbian wedding at her house and i don't remember what she said um i can't remember what she said in general but what what should our response that's putting be a stamp of approval on it i i i don't think i'd make a bunch of fuss about okay that. I just kevin got some go ahead well um it may go along with her, her um question also but I was thinking about what you said, Julius, about the importance of, you know, following the Holy Spirit because, and Gene, and you know, he, I think he acknowledged like he knew a child two years old. I think we've all seen it, you know, in our family. I know I've seen it in my family, friends, you know, I mean, you see it at a very early age. So, you know, it's not something that they're creating it's it, it's a spirit it's there oh yeah spirit and, it's and so um you know i think that's why god doesn't you know in that proverb six is he doesn't include it because it says it talks about the heart you know it says in the heart you know and and we know um the devil went into judas it says he entered into him and of course he committed the ultimate, you know, devised wicked plan and, you know, and betrayed our Lord. But, okay, so some homosexuals, you know, are born again. They're actually born again with that desire still functioning inside of them. You're right. As long as, they don't do it, yeah. as long as they don't And do some it. of them are maybe able to abstain, and some of them are practicing. Mm -hmm. So, we got to remember to sacrifice our Lord. All manner of sin, blasphemy, has been forgiven. So Jesus paid for the sin of homosexuality. So I'm a, I'm a that's drug addict, and I still have the urge sometimes to do drugs, but I don't do then, it. So, be the same way with a with a with a gay somebody. And then so okay, so in the in Matthew, it's a parable. It I mean Jesus does always does master job teaching in those parables where it talks about. You know, the sower, he went out to sow good seed, but then when man slept, you know, he woke up, and then there's tares amongst the good seed. Mm -hmm. And then so, okay, so they asked the householder or the owner, okay, so what, you, what do you want us to do? Go out and pick up the, pull the tares up? He said, no, because if you pull up those tares, you're going to pull up some of the good seed or some of the harvest with it just leave it alone let it all grow together then in the end the gardener will send the reapers and then they will separate the tares amongst the the good seed so with that said and then he explains that parable and saying hey that's the end of time god will send the angels boom separate so it's like we got to be careful and be super sensitive because we got good seed that are amongst those tares, meaning, I mean, there are homosexuals that are born again mm -hmm. and we can't go pull them up and go beat them up because they're just like us and they're going to be with us in eternity. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but, you know, where, where that happy medium is, again, is just really listening and abiding to the Holy Spirit on what to do. And sometimes it might be nothing. 
That's good. That's good. Let's see. I go, I can count on Kevin to, to bring the heavy hitting stuff, man. Because I know he done, he done, he done stir some up. As he said, homosexuality, and, and they still say they homosexual. And they say, but love practicing. But think about it. Oh, yeah. But oh, there's yeah. practicing liars. Yeah. There's practicing liars. Just people that lie. Gluttony. Yeah. They're practicing gluttony. Right. But we would, but we wouldn't question their salvation, right? People that practice gossip. Now, because this, this is getting into an issue. Pastors who commit adultery. I specifically brought something to Andrew Womack himself's attention. Not that I talked to Andrew Womack. Mm -hmm. I was at the brink of I felt like emotional death at the time, so I was like, "You have to be Andrew." I was like, "Andrew." Pray for me. Can you minister to me? <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. And mom's right with me. And I had mentioned to him, it's not for my past, it tormented me. And this is in regards to sin in general. It wasn't mm -hmm. like, you know, because it really was, it was just, I just was condemned to work every single little thing I did. Right, right. And when I thought God was going to leave me every two seconds, and I talked to him, and I had mentioned they ministered, it doesn't matter. It just, it was a minister that I had listened to a lot in my past, and it kind of drove things in me. And I mean, he looked, I didn't say the name, actually, mom said the name to him, but anyway, he goes. And then he rolls his eyes, Andrew does, in like a loving, gentle way, not me, but about this situation. He goes, and that is such a wrong teaching that you could send your salvation over. He goes, Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I mean, he looked me dead in the eyes when he told me that. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know? So just as a point here, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the more closer we get to God, the less we want to do stupid things, you know, because we know how good he is. All right. The point you were making about trauma, I heard a pastor say that he used to preach that no homosexuals were born that way. And he said, I today the Lord has told me, he says, I've had to repent. He's shown me something else, and I need to get this straight. He said, the Lord showed him that in the womb, children can experience if the mother's dabbling with something or spirits mm -hmm. have attacked the mother or drawn her or she's practiced something, that those spirits can attach to the child in the womb. And in that sense, Dang. you could be born that way. Yeah, yeah. that makes total sense. And you know what? That boy that we that we saw that we knew was homo when he was little, mm -hmm. his mother came to our house with two homosexuals. Huh. Remember? We fed him a meal and wished him well and said, see you later. Yeah. Yeah, that's so we don't think like about what 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 thing. the mother has experienced, any trauma, anything she's dabbled with, any spirits that might have been able to attach themselves to. What was being spoken? That's like the a bloodline curse, yeah. in a way, like a bloodline curse. Yeah, just like couldn't it be just like an alcohol bloodline curse, homosexual bloodline curse? Who knows? Well, hold on. Children are born all the time, yeah, with physical mm. issues, emotional issues, right. mental issues. You know, it, it's mm -hmm. right. now, I mean, it now the thing about it, let's let's since I'm just dealing with it, the, the um, the word curse, yeah, okay, right all right. Now, if you're born again, right. Galatians says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Okay. Curse of the law. Now, so the blood has cleansed us from the curse. However, however, like 
Sue was saying, though, and all of us have seen this, there are certain things that are attached to families, certain families, mm -hmm. certain people groups, right? But this this is when you get into, get into the whole idea of familiar spirits, mm -hmm. right? Familiar spirits. Mm -hmm. Now, as a believer, the name of Jesus gives you authority over that. Yeah. But you have to know that and be right. able to exercise to that Absolutely. and have individuals around you that are going to support that deliverance. Right. right. So let's just speaking on this. Let's go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Let me go start at verse 10. Now I'm going here because we, you know, we talk about we are using the word spirits, and I know some some people don't really believe in all that, but let, the, the Bible doesn't agree with you. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. So Ephesians 6:10 says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God, that ye may be able to, to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore. I'll pause there. So... There's wrestling going on. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is we got to understand it's not with the man in the mirror specifically. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. All right. Now I'm going to read it in the um, verse 12 in the Amplifier says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly spirit, supernatural places. Therefore, put on the complete arm of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger and having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. So being able to like look at this and understand, you know, whether we're talking about homosexuality, whether we're talking about um, in any type of manifestation of sin, there's a deeper issue than what you can see with your natural eyes. Mm -hmm. right? And that's what that's what that's who the real enemy is. But what the enemy wants to get us to do is to get focused on this flesh mm -hmm. so we can bicker and fight amongst one another mm -hmm. over flesh and flesh is not the issue it's really true it all comes back down to we either trust god or we trust well ourselves or 
not God, basically. I mean, whatever that would be. I mean, I'm not saying I'm something big. I mean, you know, we all things are working in life, but every sin, I mean, you got to think it's either trust God his best or trust, what is it? And I do not know the verse well. I know everybody can pull up on their phones, but pretty much anything not done in faith is sin. So when we don't trust God, it's mm -hmm. almost, sin. almost 14. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Chapter 14. <laughs> it was somewhere in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that word of God there, Sister Terry. Yes, we got it. Don't we? Yeah. So, you know, we, the more you grow as a believer, the more you understand that there is so much more to know. Right? Mm -hmm. So, if you run into a, a know it all Christian, I know all of us have been there, you know, I got to repent. For being one of those people, you you know you you, you learn a couple principles, and next thing you know, you're the apostle Paul, but right? Condemning people, those right? Folks. But those individuals, that's when you you step back and say, okay, they 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 babies, they're young in the faith, because as you mature, you understand how much your life depends on the mercy of God. Amen. More and more, that revelation just continues to grow. Yeah. So, you know, nobody is in a place to condemn anybody else, you know. Is But we not going to not hold on to the truth. But I can I can be loving, gracious, empathetic and still agree with what the scripture says is sin and what's not sin. And in the end, if they just get offended and you've done your best, then you can't do anything else. Like, because some people are just going to be offended no matter what you do. And Jesus wasn't worried about offending people. Mm -mm. In fact, with the Sadducees, he went out of his way to offend some of them. No, I remember that. So, I think that's in John where he told him, um, we said, you eat of my flesh. Yeah. You know, part of me. The yeah. Bible says someone when he said that it they thought he was going to be cannibals. <laughs> they thought that he that they were like he's and Jesus looked at the disciples. He looked at the disciples and said, "Are you going to? Yeah. So where are we going to go?" Yeah. yeah. They, oh, so, well, he was like, "I'm not going to apologize when I spoke yeah. the truth." Yeah. You know, but he's like, they were like, "Where else we going to go?" And a rumor ran around for hundreds of years that Jews would kidnap little Christian boys and kill them and eat them from that scripture. Mm -hmm. That's how twisted the things get. That's crazy. So the term offense is is a debatable term. You know, what is offense and what is not? What is it not? You know? I don't I'm, I still don't believe a born again Christian can can uh, sin deliberately, constantly, all the time. Because I think when you're born again, old things pass away, all things become new. And with me, I was a drug addict, and I still had desires, and I had wrestling. But I wasn't planning on going home and doing drugs every day. Where, where if I had a homosexual pastor, and he was saying, yeah, my partner lives at the house there, and I go home to him every night, I'd have to say, you cannot be born again, sir. And, and I give him the scripture. Well, my thing is this. I mean, I, you can't say, I know what Kevin was saying, you know, as far as this doing the that. But to me, when when I hear them say, okay, that it's okay, I say, you're deceived. Uh -uh. 
Right. You yeah. see, so because you can be saved and struggle. Yeah. With that. Oh, you can be a homosexual and, and be a, and be a minister, but uh, I'm saying, but not practicing. When you, when you say every day. this homo, this lifestyle is okay and God's okay with it, I said, no, you deceived. And it, so that's what I, I see, and that's the thing. You fall into sin is one thing, but there, there's only a certain amount of perception we're gonna be able to have right. in reference to that, because you can have somebody that falls consecutively mm -hmm. and just has a serious struggle mm -hmm. and still be born again. Right. right. But like overeating. Yeah. I mean, we all can relate to that yeah. one in some way or another. Yeah. It's if all sin is the same, you, you know, in God's eyes it's sin or it's not. Mm -hmm. We we have plenty of them. That that one in that last one in um in Proverbs about the abominations, you know, how much even in the church we have the backbiting that causes harm to brethren we do it constantly because we just lose track so easily of our lord but it doesn't mean that we know uh, you know it doesn't mean that we don't know that it's wrong but it also we don't know the heart of people in that you know you fall you you pick up sin before you realize you're really walking into it sometimes yeah. yeah, I think it's okay to do it. It's a struggle. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a different yeah. range. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's saying it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, yeah, we're struggling to love okay. our wives like Christ loved the church and do okay, but I'll never. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's a lot of lot of wives and husbands, a lot of husbands and wives are going to hell for real. If yeah. that was, yeah, if, if if we was living on a legalistic standard on that one, yeah, I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Bottom line, I think it's Corinthians said, flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom. Uh, you know, I mean, our bodies just can't go. You know, they can't go till later to that. When that gets back to the the reality that we've been learning is we're spirit, soul, and body. Okay, our spirit mm -hmm. is yeah. right with the Lord. It's 100% purified but we still have the flesh and the soul if we have the flesh that's the soul and the body and it's got a lot of bad mem muscle memory yeah. so to speak mm -hmm. yeah. 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 could I ask Kelly a question how do you get half of your beard gray <laughs> that's a <laughs> I want to sit here and think about that what his mustache is yeah. all very gray White gray. It's so great. It's nice. <laughs> Thank you. I'm getting shards more on this side than this so side. Oh, no. This is holding on a little bit. Like yeah. uh -huh. It's really cool. That's, but you know what? That ain't no but wisdom. I'm, I'm trying to catch up with you, man. I got, I got, I got some white whiskers here. That's right. I ain't, I ain't, I'm, I'm salt and pepper. So, I'm, I'm, you know. Scripture. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Ain't no but wisdom. All right, y'all. So if any, if, if people are still watching, thank you for joining us. These are tough subjects. These are tough subjects. Right. And, and just, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, we... We got to understand that the way we look at life, the way we 
perceive God's nature, his character, it, it, it's going to shape how we believe, how we think, how we live, all of that, mm-hmm. right? And never forgetting the reality of God's mercy and grace. Yeah. That that's what's going to keep us to yeah, where, we're, where we're grounded and yeah. be, and we have ears to hear from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us. And we'll hopefully see you next what week. What are you getting on that? <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody.